On today's episode, I'll be going over the Chicago Blackhawks' fourth consecutive loss as they dropped another heartbreaker last night to the Minnesota Wild, and I'll also talk about how each of their seven prospects have fared so far in the NCAA tournament. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Sunday, March 26th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're a first-time listener of the show or even if you're a consistent listener, please, either way, do me a favor. Make sure to go and show some support if you haven't done so already. Make sure to go and subscribe on YouTube. It's 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously while you're there. Make sure to smash the like button, go and comment down below, and turn on those push notifications so that you can get the latest episode as soon as it gets uploaded to YouTube. And for the audio folks, make sure to go and Follow the show 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. And you can also go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And spoiler alert, you're going to have to do that anyways to have a chance to win the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'll be giving away. I'm going to have more on that after the first commercial break. So make sure to go do all of that good stuff, folks. I really appreciate all of your support. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your Sunday morning. Following the conclusion of last night's game up in Minnesota, the Chicago Blackhawks are now down to their final 10 games of the NHL regular season. I'll talk about uh, in just a moment here about where the Blackhawks sit in terms of the Tankathon standings as they're down to their final 10 games of the season. But first, getting into last night's game here real quick. Uh, After a couple of downtrodden efforts recently against the Colorado Avalanche and the Washington Capitals, it was nice to see the Blackhawks return to being that pesky team that somehow finds a way to uh, be in the game against, you know, another playoff caliber opponent this time in the Minnesota Wild, the team that, by the way, for those of you Blackhawks fans that still may be unaware, the Blackhawks have yet to beat the Minnesota Wild with Dean Evason as their head coach. They did put up a much better fight last night, but still were not able to pick up a W over Dino. I don't know what it is about this, uh, but the Blackhawks really have struggled against Minnesota the last couple of years, but they did find a way to make this game interesting. It wasn't a lopsided 5-0 loss or 6-1 defeat like we've seen recently. Uh, They found a way to make it close, although it kind of wasn't uh, the most entertaining game I've certainly ever seen in my life. Although, to be fair, I think that's kind of how the Blackhawks have to play if they want to be in games at this point of the season, right? They kind of got to dumb it down, play super slow, play defensive, not give up too many high danger chances because on the offensive side of things, uh, they're certainly not equipped to be lighting the lamp too frequently at this point in time. So with this being uh, a close 
or a, a very low scoring, non entertaining affair. I guess it wasn't the most surprising thing in the world that the Blackhawks were able to keep it close, especially with Minnesota also being without their superstar, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. He did not play in last night's game. But yeah, the Blackhawks, again, really did not have anything going offensively, but they still found a way to only be down one nothing after 40 minutes. The lone goal scored by Minnesota came from Ryan Reeves, who kind of looked like he got away with a penalty just seconds prior to scoring the goal. Uh, Wyatt Kaiser was playing the puck in the defensive zone. It looked like Revo grabbed him with his free hand, and we even heard Coach Luke Richardson say after the game, look, if that was a defenseman who reached out with his free hand, the officials would have been quick to call that a penalty. Instead, they elected to swallow their whistles on that one. Not sure exactly how that happened. It was kind of an oddly officiated game. Uh, in the entirety. I mean, there were a few penalty calls. Connor Murphy got called for an embellishment that I don't know what was going on with the officials last night. They let Revo get away with this one. Uh, He ends up stealing the puck away from Wyatt Kaiser and then uh, getting a fortunate bounce on his wraparound to put Minnesota ahead one nothing. That was all the offense we saw in this game through the opening two periods. But then early on in the third, our baby boy, Lucas Reichel, managed to tie the game on a two-on-one with his fourth goal of the season. A beautiful shot selection there from Lucas Reichel, which I'll talk about more here in just a second. But that gave the Blackhawks uh, the ability to tie up the game. And then it kind of looked like they were going to be on their way to picking up a point late in the third period. The score was still evened up at one apiece, kind of some back and forth chances, not a whole lot going on, low scoring game. Looks like this one was going to, uh, it looked like I should say, this game was going to find its way into overtime. But in typical Blackhawks fashion, like we've seen in the past couple of weeks, They wound up dropping another heartbreaker a la the game against the Detroit Red Wings a few weeks ago and the Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of weekends ago as well. The Blackhawks were right there until the end, but in the final minutes, they wind up giving up a back-breaking goal. Ryan Hartman winds up scoring on a breakaway for the GWG because, of course, Minnesota goes on to add the empty netter. They win this one 3-1. to The Blackhawks find a way to not pick up a point, which of course fans are going to be very ecstatic about the players on the bench. I'm sure are heartbroken because their strong effort again against one of the best teams in the Western conference right now in the Minnesota wild, that effort wound up being all for naught. They end up falling three to one in regulation, no points earned for the Chicago Blackhawks. They've now dropped four consecutive games and have been outscored 18 to four during the process. Yikes. The offense Has gone absolutely cold here, folks. But yeah, that's what's going to happen when you have a top line of Lucas Reichel, Andreas Athanasio, and Mackenzie Entwistle, and then arguably uh, the worst supporting cast uh, in the entire NHL at this point. That's going to happen. You're going to score four goals in a span of four games. Has not been pretty for the Blackhawks offense as of late. I guess this is what happens when, you know, your third line of Boris Kachuk, Jujar Kara, and Joey Anderson aren't able to find their way on the stat sheet every game. The offense winds up struggling a little bit. Who could have guessed? Um, but by the way, I did want to be sure to mention uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, forward Philip Kurashev did not end up playing in this game yesterday and was also seen wearing a sling at XL Energy Center yesterday. And Khrushchev took a bad hit 
at uh, in the neutral zone. I guess it was kind of in the offensive zone, but regardless, a bad hit from Tom Wilson of all people. I mean, the least surprising thing that I've heard all week, Tom Wilson with a bad hit on Philip Kershev. Kershev wasn't even looking in his direction, didn't even have the puck. I can't believe this didn't get called for an interference penalty or the, the league didn't even look at it because it was a classic instance where Philip Kershev, a skater, is defenseless, skating through the offensive zone, looking a different direction, and Tom Wilson almost gives him the Jacob Truba special, shoulders him right in the head. Uh, it looked like it might have been a concussion uh, at first, but obviously we've now seen Kershev in a sling, might be some sh- sort of shoulder or arm injury, uh, was not able to return to the game on Wednesday against the Capitals. And as I just referenced, did not play last night against the Minnesota Wild. With 10 games left in the season, seeing Philip Kershev in a sling, gotta say, I don't feel like it's all that likely that he's going to return at any point left in the season, just given what's the risk. I mean, unless he's 150% healthy, Uh, I just don't see why the Blackhawks would thrust him back into the lineup when he's dealing with something clearly right now. So an unfortunate situation there for Kershev. It looks like his season potentially could already be at a close. I'm sure we'll have more of an update on that situation now that the Blackhawks have returned back home. They'll have their trainers and their doctors look at everything, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more of an update on Kershev in the next day or two. I also wanted to mention that uh, both Philip, or not Philip Kershev, both Reese Johnson and Peter Morazic have been cleared to return to the Blackhawks, by the way. Reese Johnson did return to the lineup last night after missing the last 16 games while in concussion protocol. It's been a process for him to get back on the ice. Uh, spent a couple of weeks in a non-contact jersey, but great to see Johnson back on the ice. He was centering the fourth line last night and picked up right where he left off prior to the injury, recording five hits. Uh, he's a wrecking ball out there. That's what Reese does best. So nice to see him be able to return to the lineup before the end of the year. And then for Peter Morazic, he was dealing with another groin injury. He had to exit the game early when the Blackhawks upset the Boston Bruins a couple of weeks ago. Fortunately, it wasn't as severe as some of the other groin injuries that Morazic has suffered, not only this season, but last year as well, which have really plagued his career. Um, but now Morazic is back. He backed up Staylock last night, and I fully expect him to get the start in the back end of the Blackhawks back-to-back tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks. 3-1 to one loss to the Minnesota Wild yesterday. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk about Lucas Reichel's growing confidence in the latest updates to the Tankathon standings. But first, I need to talk to you all about Indeed. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you have a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. You can find great talent through time-saving tools 
like Indeed's instant match assessments and virtual interviews. And with Indeed, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash LockedOn. All right, we're back here on segment, ooh, excuse me, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I go and get into segment two, I do want to let you all know that if you don't know by now, I'm giving away two free Blackhawks tickets, and I am going to kind of change it up a little bit, and I hate to do this to you folks, but one thing I realized, I actually had somebody message me. Originally, I was going to give away two tickets to this Tuesday's game against the Dallas Stars on the 28th, but I didn't, I guess, realize how many people listen to this show that aren't from the Chicagoland area or that might have to make travel arrangements in order to go to this game in case they do win the uh, win the raffle that I am giving off. So I'm actually going to be pushing this back. I didn't, I guess, think of that properly, which I apologize for. So I'm going to be giving away two tickets to April 10th game against the Minnesota Wild, the second to last home game of the regular season. I apologize that I'm changing up the dates. I think it does only make sense, though. I was going to choose the winner tomorrow, and then it's a quick turnaround to have to go to the game on Tuesday. So it'll officially be April 10th against the Minnesota Wild. But anyways, all you have to do in order to qualify, very simple, three things. First, go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Make sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review, and you have to subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. The reason why you have to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review is because that's how I'll be checking that you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You have to do all three of those things to qualify for the two free Blackhawks tickets that I'm giving away on April 10th against the Minnesota Wild, not March 28th against the Dallas Stars. I apologize for changing up the dates. I think it is going to be more convenient for whoever wins this raffle. Two free Blackhawks tickets on April 10th against the Minnesota Wild. All right, apologies for that. Getting back into segment two here, folks. Let's talk for a minute about our baby boy, 20-year-old Lucas Reichel, who scored the lone goal of the game for the Blackhawks last night, his fourth of the season. And while I don't want to overblow just one moment in particular, that two-on-one that Lucas Reichel had last night where he snapped home his fourth goal of the season, I thought, to, to me, that was a perfect and clear example of how he's developing and starting to get more and more comfortable at the NHL level. Because in the past, I feel like that two-on-one that he had, I feel like that's a situation where he would have tried to force it over to his teammate, try to set up his teammate for a wide open net. Instead, the Blackhawks needed him to make the simple play, to put his head down, to put matters into his own hands, to fire the puck on that. The Blackhawks are down a goal early on in the third period. What do they need? They need to simplify the game. They need pucks on that. Any opportunity they can to fire the puck, I think you got to take an, take advantage of that. We heard the great Eddie Olchek say it for far too long. Good things happen when you put the puck on the net. Keep it simple. Fire the puck. That's what the Blackhawks needed out of Lucas Reichel on that two-on-one. And you know what? 
That's exactly what he did, Blackhawks fans. That's exactly what he did. He took matters into his own hands and perfectly snapped home a shot past Philip Gustafson. Maybe I'm overreacting to this, but I just don't think that was a play that Lucas Reichel would have made in his first couple of NHL stints. It feels like that would have been a play. You know, as a playmaker, he is more of a playmaker than a natural goal scorer. Feels like that would have been a time where he would have tried to sauce it over to his teammate and make the absolute perfect pass in order to set them up for a goal. But the way that he has been playing so far in this stint, this run that the Blackhawks have given him. And I don't know how long they're going to let him stay up in the NHL, but I do think it's very valuable experience. And it's also very clear that his confidence is only growing and growing and growing because when we watch Lucas Reichel, I know he doesn't play necessarily with the talent to be producing uh, incredible numbers and on a nightly basis. He only has two points in his last five games. Both of them have been goals. He's playing with Andreas Athanasiu and now Mackenzie on whistle before it was Philip Kershev, maybe the worst top line in all of hockey. That's not a knock on Kershev or Athanasiu. That's just kind of the fact of the matter. But watching Lucas Reichel in this stint and watching him skate confidently, I mean, he's one of the only guys we have on this roster right now who can actually create offensively for this team. And we're starting to see it on a consistent basis, right? I think it's been noticeable watching Reichel recognize the open space that he has in front of him or having the IQ to see where his teammates are at and finding them in open space and finally being aggressive and firing the puck on the net. Even last night when Reichel was getting an opportunity with the top power play unit, like he should be doing on a nightly basis, he's firing one-timers on the net. I love to see that. I love to see Lucas Reichel putting his head down and shooting the puck because we know he has the playmaking ability to be successful at this level. I I know he's only played what a handful of games up in the NHL and he's only 20 years old, but the skill set and the playmaking ability, that looks like it's going to be there. If he can add that goal scoring threat and become um, multifaceted, I think that's when Lucas Reichel could be very dangerous. So I'm really excited to see him just kind of be the aggressor and want to fire the puck on the net. And he even said so himself after the game. He said, you know, maybe in the past that's one I wouldn't have wouldn't have shot, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I just trusted my instincts, put my head down and fired home that shot. So I don't want to overblow one moment in particular, but I do think that's a clear example of the young Lucas Reichel starting to see that confidence grow. And I think starting to have that belief that, you know, he can kind of be dangerous in all areas of the ice with or without the puck in the offensive zone. And I think that's uh, a great, great tool for Lucas Reichel to develop. So I wish he was able to play with a little bit more talent right now and produce a bit more consistently, but the bigger picture is he's playing the game the right way right now. The confidence is clearly as high as ever. And, you know, that's exactly what we wanted to see out of this late season stint from our top forward prospect in the organization. Good stuff from Lucas Reichel last night as he netted his fourth NHL goal. All right, moving on now, folks, let's go and take a look at the updated tankathon standings across the NHL with uh, a lot of the teams at the bottom being in action here as of late. Of course, we already know that the Blackhawks have dropped four consecutive games at this point, but they do still remain in third to last place. They now have 54 points through 72 games, giving them a points percentage of 375. They are heading in the right direction, though, folks, obviously, and the margin between them in last place 
has started to shrink even more because guess what? Not only did those Columbus Blue Jackets, ah, toast to the Columbus Blue Jackets real quick. Not only did the Columbus Blue Jackets erase uh, third period deficits of five to three and six to five to beat the Washington Capitals the other day. But on Friday night, they also defeated the New York Islanders by a score of five to four, two consecutive wins for the Columbus Blue Jackets. They did go on to lose last night though, to the Montreal Canadiens, but still with two wins in their last three games, they now have jumped into second to last place with 53 points through 72 games. Now, the same amount of games as the Chicago Blackhawks have played with Columbus having a back-to-back over the weekend. That gives them a points percentage of .368. And with Columbus now being in second to last, yes, that means the San Jose Sharks now sit in the driver's seat, folks. Listen to this. San Jose, not only have they lost nine consecutive games, but they've also lost 14 of their last 15 and 17 of 19. Just an unbelievable job of tanking by the San Jose Sharks in the past month, month and a half. I mean, it's been an outrageous run. I'm sure while the fans are happy, those guys in the locker room are wanting to rip their hair out right now. I mean, losing 17 and 19, that's winning twice in two months, basically, on the NHL schedule. I'm sure that has not been very fun for the Sharks players, but the fans, I'm sure, are ecstatic about uh, the run that they've been on recently. Sharks are now in last place. They have 53 points, one less than the Blackhawks do. Through 73 games, though, they've played one more game than both the Blackhawks and the Blue Jackets, giving them a points percentage of 363. Anaheim, by the way, I forgot to... When I was doing my prep for the show, I forgot one thing I had to do before recording this morning is check on the old Anaheim Ducks, who keep losing themselves as well. Anaheim's remains right in the mix of this four-horse race. The Ducks have 56 points through 73 games, so two more points than the Blackhawks have, but they have played one more game, giving them a points percentage of .384. So yeah, it is a really tight race right now. Uh, for that last place spot in the NHL standings. The San Jose Sharks have been on an immaculate run to uh, secure the 32nd seed at this point, but it's coming down to the wire. Ten games left in the season, four-horse race. I can see any of these teams coming out with it, just three points separating the Anaheim Ducks and the San Jose Sharks right now. It's going to get really interesting here down the stretch of the season for who lands the best percentage chance at Connor Bedard in the 2023 NHL draft. All right, there are the latest updates to the Tankathon standings with 10 games left on the Blackhawks schedule. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into the latest updates on the Blackhawks prospects taking part in the NCAA tournament. But first, I need to talk to you all about FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here. We're getting down the stretch, gearing up for the playoffs, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, which is America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win. You just got to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And for all you Bulls fans out there, you got to check out FanDuel because you can bet on everything, Bulls, from the money line to the point spread to point scores. 
You can even bet on the amount of threes made by Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Io DeSumo. Plus, FanDuel even allows you to combine your bets for a chance at a greater payout with the same game parlay feature. Excuse me. So don't miss out on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your bet doesn't win when you go to fanduel.com slash lockdown. That's fanduel.com slash lockdown to learn more right now. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, before I wrap up today's show, folks, I do want to provide you all with a little bit of an update on how each of the Blackhawks' seven prospects have fared so far in the 2023 NCAA tournament. Those prospects, by the way, for those who may not know, are Frank Nazar, Ryan Green, Drew Comesso, Aiden Thompson, Jake Wise, Dominic Bassey, and Slava Demon. And at the time of this recording, uh, It's early Sunday morning here. Two of the four teams have already punched their ticket to the Frozen Four in Tampa, while the other two semifinal games are going to be played later on this afternoon. We got some good stuff coming up in the college hockey world. Um, But first, one of those two teams that has already punched their ticket to the Frozen Four is Boston University. The Terriers, where, of course, Ryan Green and Drew Comesso are playing this season. The Terriers advanced through the first round of the NCAA tournament, defeating Western Michigan by a score of 5-1. to one. And then yesterday, they defeated Cornell 2-1 to one behind a sturdy performance from Drew Comesso in net. He stopped 13 of the 14 shots that he faced, nearly had his third shutout of the season. Cornell broke it up there in the final minute, but still ended up stopping 13 of the 14 shots that he faced to help lead the Terriers back to the Frozen Four. Comesso has now given up just two goals in two tournament games so far. The junior remains an integral part of BU's success, and they now have a date with the Minnesota Golden Golfers, where Sam Renzel will be playing next season, of course, in Tampa uh, at the Frozen Four. Two really strong performances by Drew Comesso so far in this tournament. Shout out to him. It's going to be really interesting to see Uh, what he elects to do whenever his season comes to a close. Hopefully that comes after a national championship for BU, but he remains very sturdy in net for the Terriers. For Ryan Green, he's yet to record a point so far in two tournament games while playing as the second line center for Boston University. Next up, we have Jake Wise in Ohio State, who vaulted right by Harvard in the opening round, winning 8-1. to one. And Wise had himself quite an afternoon in that one, tallying four assists in the win for the Buckeyes. That now gives him 39 points in 39 games this season. And he's another one that it's going to be really interesting to see what happens whenever the Buckeyes season comes to a close, because Wise, 23 years old, just wrapped up his fifth-year senior season. Um, Obviously, he's going to have to be taking that next step in his career at this point. Uh, When he was playing for Boston University, for those that may not remember, he spent his first three college seasons there. Unfortunately, was just plagued by a ton of injuries, never could consistently get on the ice. He elected to transfer to Ohio State, and he's put up back-to-back really solid seasons for the Buckeyes. I kind of thought Jake Wise was, you know, never really going to get much of an opportunity in the Blackhawks organization, but being such a consistent point producer the last two years, I do think the Blackhawks, especially considering the position they're in right now in this rebuild, they're at a point where they can, you know, take a shot, take a flyer 
on a guy like Jake Wise to see if there is anything in his future. So we'll see what happens there. But shout out to Jake Wise for an incredibly strong uh, performance in their first round game, picking up four assists. They're going to need him to be good again today as they take on a loaded Quinnipiac team in their quarterfinal matchup. As for <clears throat> excuse me, Frank Nazar in Michigan, my boy Frank the Tank, the Wolverines also had a mammoth first round victory, winning 11-1 to over Colgate. And they take on Penn State today in the quarterfinals with the winner having a trip to Tampa for the Frozen Four. Frank the Tank did tally two points in that lopsided victory for the Wolverines, one goal and one assist, his second goal of the season. Nice finish by Frankie out in front, finding the loose puck. That now gives him seven points in 11 games so far this season. Then for Aiden Thompson, Dominic Bassey, and Slava Demon, sadly their tournaments have come to a close now. For Aiden Thompson, he's probably the most surprising one considering the Denver Pioneers were the national champions last year, of course. They ended up getting upset in the first round, losing 2 to nothing to Cornell. Getting blanked in the first round definitely wasn't part of the plans for the Pioneers, but a really strong freshman season. I guess technically a freshman season for Aiden Thompson, even though he's already 20, 21 years old at this point, wound up being a point per game player for Denver, tallying 32 points in 32 games, 10 goals, 22 assists on the season. If I had to guess, I'd imagine Aiden Thompson would be coming back to Denver next year, where he could be a very integral integral part of the team being uh, an elder leader, maybe even the top line center for Denver next season, where he could have a chance to put up some absolutely bananas numbers. For Bassey, he actually wound up uh, being the backup for St. Cloud State here in this tournament. Uh, They elected to go with 26-year-old Jackson Castor instead over Bassey. I looked at his you know, draft profile, 26 years old. Yeah, that happens sometimes in college hockey when guys go and play in the USHL first. He's my age playing college hockey. I was like, what the heck? That doesn't seem right. Uh, there's always those outliers in college sports, though. But yeah, Bassey wound up being the backup throughout the tournament. Uh, St. Cloud State did win their opening round matchup 4 to nothing over uh, Minnesota State, but ended up falling 4-1 to one to the Golden Gophers in the quarterfinals. And then for Slava Demon, Merrimack was also bounced in the first round of the tournament. Like Denver, they lost 5-0 to Quinnipiac. Demon here, out of all these seven prospects, is probably the one I'd imagine who I don't think has a future with the Chicago Blackhawks, at least in my opinion. Maybe they'll give him a uh, his entry-level contract, and he'll play in Rockford just to see what he's got. But there's so many defenseman prospects in the system, I just don't really see where there's room for a guy like Demon. So if I had to imagine, you know, he's 23 years old, played five years of college hockey, never really put up the most impressive numbers, although he isn't an offensive defenseman at the same time. I just don't really know where he fits in in the long term. We'll see what ends up happening with Demon here. Uh, He finishes the season with 16 points, three goals, and 13 assists in 37 games, which should be really interesting to see if any more Blackhawks prospects will join Ryan Green and Drew Comesso down in Tampa Bay for the Frozen Four. As I mentioned, two really big matchups here today. Frank Nazar and Michigan take on Penn State in a Big Ten matchup, and then Ohio State and Jake Wise are taking on Quinnipiac this afternoon. Can they shock the world? We'll find out, and we'll see how many Blackhawks prospects wind up in the Frozen Four. All right, I think that is going to wrap up Sunday, March 26th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. 
Thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow the show 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.